Hello, and welcome to the Oral History at Shippensburg University podcast. This program comes to you from students in the Oral History class that is part of Shippensburg University's Public History and Graduate Applied History programs. This year, students conducted oral history interviews with people in South Central Pennsylvania who shared their experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic. Most of this year's podcast will be drawn from those interviews, and one will be from archival interviews on a topic that is different altogether. Please be our guests as we share what we've learned about the past through oral history and about oral history itself. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Oral History at Shippensburg University podcast, the professional and personal tolls on people working in education. My name is Justin Brown, and for this podcast, I interviewed uh, Christopher Reinhardt. He is a Shippensburg Area School District High School teacher. Um, Kenny, tell us a little bit about your narrator. Hello, my name is Kenny. Um, I interviewed Dr. Alan Dietrich Ward, um, professor of history at Shippensburg University. He's also the um, graduate um, internship coordinator, and he was involved a lot with um, teaching classes and trying to figure out some of the protocols and safety procedures to follow during the pandemic. Um, I'm passing this off to Eddie. So uh, hello, I'm Eddie Cannon. I interviewed Mitchell B. Patterson. He is the uh, associate director of graduate admissions for uh, Penn State Harrisburg. Uh, he manages and supervises staff members and gives them accurate uh, direction and processing graduate applications. And he, a big part of his work is um, branching and, and implementing strategic plans as to uh, get more outreach in the central PA community. And um, just as, as well as uh, with everybody else uh, involved in education who, who have been interviewed, uh, their work life was extremely affected with the transition to online. Uh, however, the interesting dynamic that the three of us have is we have three different individuals who are all involved in education, not in the same manner as we have a high school teacher, we have a professor, and we also have somebody who works in the in um, educational administration. So this podcast aims to kind of compare and contrast the different experience, both professionally and personally, that our uh, narrators had. And uh, we are going to start with uh, Justin. I figured since we're all Shippensburg students, we all kind of had, went through the experience of the pandemic with Dr. Dietrich. Uh, we may not have had him as a professor. I know I did during the pandemic. Um, we all kind of, the four of us kind of experienced it on the same kind of playing field. So I figured we would start with him. So Kenny? So the big thing with Dr. Dietrich Ward is that he said that he already had the online um, materials and sources and, you know, was already familiar with Zoom. And so his transition to using online uh, class materials and online class format wasn't that big of a deal because he already had it in place. Um, he said the biggest thing with it was student participation and just the entire um, class atmosphere going from having a classroom full of students, going to having uh, just a computer screen and a lot of little boxes where students' faces are supposed to be. And, and as I said, at the undergraduate, at the gen ed level, it was a catastrophe. I mean, it's just because the reality is, is that for those kinds of classes, you're really looking at entertaining students in it, to an extent, like in a good way. Uh, and you're looking at peer pressure uh, and you're looking at forcing people through peer pressure. Like if everyone else in my group is doing the readings, then that's going to, then I need to do the reads, you know, like that, that level of kind of 
forcing people to be engaged. Um, he said that a lot of the time, you know, students couldn't see their faces, had cameras off, didn't really participate, weren't really, um, weren't really cohesive classroom. It was more of just him talking and hoping that the, you know, people on the other end were listening. The other thing too that he said was really big with it was having to modify a lot of his work. It wasn't so much him modifying assignments. It was him hoping that students turned materials in and was just trying to get student, students to participate. I mean, that was one of the big things he said that really killed it was that student participation just tanked. And him too is a very extroverted professor, very much engaged with the students, you know, wanting to be around the students, wanting to have a welcoming atmosphere. And he said that having the students online just killed all of it and it took away any benefit of uh, university and campus life. I know that I can attest to this. I took him in person and most of our, most of our uh, classmates definitely did not pay attention, just as he had said. But I would also like to hear from Justin about the high school experience, because I know with the college experience, the participation was nowhere near where it probably should have been. But how was the, the high school end of things? Yeah, so... Uh, Mr. Reinhardt, he didn't talk as much about necessarily participation issues. Um, one of the things he talked a lot about, because he teaches pretty much only AP courses, so he talked about how it was really difficult to properly prepare his students for the AP exams and kind of properly teach all of the uh, source material that he really wanted to teach for like AP World. The school policy when they first went online in March of 2020 was that there were essentially no more grades, no more tests. And so I don't know if you guys took AP courses in high school. If there's no homework, no tests, you're not really getting what you want out of an AP course. That kind of defeats the purpose of the course. I mean, it defeats the purpose of pretty much every uh, school course, but specifically with AP students who are preparing to take this massive exam that could give them college credit. This transition to online took that completely away. And so he just kind of felt like he was just giving them monotonous wasted time of work and they were just kind of they just kind of wasted the second half of the school year and yeah participation was low i mean people not turning on cameras people just not talking so there was definitely a lot a lot of difficulty there in terms of preparing kids for ap and just not being able to properly gauge how well they're understanding the source material the sources like the course material and i mean kind of Piggybacking off doc, uh, Dr. D.W. mentioning how there was like no participation in his classes, I took one of his classes while I was while we were in the pandemic in the spring of 2020. And Shippensburg, that was they started hybrid, but I stayed home. So I was online, and I know I never turned my camera on. I never really participated, and I know many students were the same way. And you could definitely tell that he really was trying to keep it in an energetic atmosphere, but it just it just wasn't there. So Eddie, was there any kind of difficulties at the beginning of the pandemic that your narrator kind of mentioned? Well, the big thing with uh, with Mitchell Patterson at Penn State Harrisburg, he um, being the associate director of graduate admissions, he would be involved in a lot of the open houses that Penn State Harrisburg would host for prospective students. And obviously when things shut down, you weren't able to do that anymore. And so he had to kind of find new ways in order to accommodate these new students. A big emphasis that he placed 
as well is uh, upon international students who um, who aren't necessarily like the easiest to reach, whether they have to like, you know, if they didn't know if they were going to stay or go. The big thing with him is his professional life kind of turned into an all day, everyday thing. Because with having to communicate with these people at all hours of the day, his work life kind of blended in with his home life. And for participation, we actually discussed that uh, graduate enrollment in Pennsylvania actually increased since COVID uh, by 2%, which is interesting, as uh, undergrad enrollment uh, declined by 8 He thinks that for that, people are going to go to graduate school, like regardless, if that's what they want to do. And... Um, that's kind of what he cites there. Yeah, for his professional life and uh, for participation of, of students, he would just have to be in contact with uh, these pr prospective students at all hours throughout all day, all day, every day. And so it was uh, an adjustment that he had to make. So you mentioned how like graduate student numbers actually increased during the pandemic. Did Mitchell Patterson touch on that like in depth about why that may have been or? Uh, somewhat. I, I brought up the statistic to him. And then um, pretty much what he was going off of is like people are going to go to grad school regardless and that, if that's their plan from the beginning. Uh, you're not really going to be shy. Like you wouldn't be shy away from it like you would being an undergrad. Kenny, I know uh, Dr. Dietrich Ward works closely with the graduate program here at Shippensburg. Uh, did he mention anything about numbers in the graduate program here or? So he's very new to his position. So a lot of what he's dealing with is kind of residual and leftover from uh, the height of the pandemic. But what he did say is that at the start of the pandemic, almost all um, internships and opportunities off campus for students were kind of entirely shut down. So there wasn't really anything uh, available to a lot of graduate students. And so it was really hard um, to get students uh, the necessary credits and requirements um, for their degree. Although he, I believe he did say, I'd have to go back and check, but he did say, I think at one point that coming out of like the pandemic now that some stuff is still shut down but most of it is open back up and he said that like hopefully it, it keeps going that way if the pandemic is is waning but definitely at the height of the pandemic there wasn't really anything outside of the campus that was really available to the graduate students um, most of it was anything that the professors could do independent studies but not many internships or programs were really functioning at the height of the pandemic for graduate students yeah so it's actually uh really interesting because obviously you guys your narrators work in a university where there's graduate programs, but my narrator works in a high school, so there's no like kind of graduate programs. But as I mentioned, he largely teaches AP courses. So I talked to him about that because AP courses are widely elective. Like you don't have to take the AP version of the course in high school. It's a choice. So I asked him about numbers, if you noticed that numbers kind of decreased or not with the AP courses. And uh, Chris Reinhardt basically said, not really. He said that Kind of similarly to what Mitchell Patterson talked about, how uh, the kids that want to take those courses are still going to take those courses. They're not really going to be deterred because they're kind of the students that want to go above and beyond and want to take that extra step in their educations. So despite, you know, the pandemic or outside factors, they're still choosing to take the course, which I just thought was an interesting kind of connection to the graduate programs at Penn State. I, I do have one question. Um, I know for doc, Dr. Dietrich Ward, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent um, but Dr. DW was a part of some of the committees on campus that made um, procedural procedural um, changes and decisions. Did Chris Reinhardt um, have any input or say on procedures or practices uh, during the pandemic, or was everything handed down to him from uh, the district and the state? So 
from what he kind of talked about, a lot of it was more so district and state mandates and decisions that he kind of didn't really have kind of a say in. It was kind of like, all right, we're going online and then, hey, we're coming back. Uh, now we're wearing masks and all these kind of educational aids that they introduced and provided. It was more so just this is what we're doing. You have to prepare for it and make sure you're implementing it into your uh, classes as best as possible. So, yeah, it was really more of a top down kind of thing. He didn't really have as much decision making in terms of any kind of decisions relating to the pandemic. And for Eddie, did your narrator have any like policy input um, like power or was that all handed down from other committees within the university? Uh, it was handed down from the university and um, it was pretty standard. The, the policies throughout all state schools, like with uh, mm-hmm. with Dr. Dietrich Ward in Shippensburg and, uh, and Mitchell Patterson at Penn State Harrisburg, it was, um, you know, the total lo- like the total lockdown and then um, the gradual transition back into being in person. And uh, in Penn State Harrisburg, it was only in uh, March 23rd of uh, this year, 2022, that um, COVID policies uh, were kind of reeled back and you didn't require masks in the building mm-hmm. anymore. And what, well, one point of like kind of contention, I guess, if you want discussed is um, vaccinations, and they were required for um, Penn State Harrisburg, same with uh, Shippensburg as well. I'd imagine probably for Shippensburg High School as well. I know a lot of the policies were influenced by um, CDC guidelines was the big thing that he said is that they waited really for the CDC to come out with recommendations and requirements. And that he said as things kind of moved on and things relaxed, it was more reliant on, again, the masking indoors. Uh, student um, populations getting vaccinated, um, professor populations getting vaccinated. That way we can move away from masks and then having everybody return to campus and get away from the the online learning. Yeah, so obviously we we experienced that push for vaccination here at the Shippensburg campus. And I know that for the 2021-2022 school year, the Pennsylvania Department of Education does not require vaccination and it doesn't require masking anymore, but it's highly like recommended and highly pushed for even in the K in the K through 12 systems. Uh, the only place that masking is still largely mandated is on school buses because it's obviously a tight space. So it's one of the few places where they still mandate masks, but it's still like dependent on vaccination statuses. statuses. So I was just wondering kind of talking about how the Pennsylvania State Department has shifted its guidelines to be maybe a little bit more relaxed in this current school year that we're in. Uh, Did either of your narrators really kind of touch on the shifting guidelines at the university levels? At least for Dr. Dietrich Ward, that kind of delves more into his personal um, beliefs about it and some of the more like personal side of COVID as far as like the, the, the work side goes and the professional side goes, a lot of it again is the CDC recommendations and guidelines, you know, that they're not recommending that you have to be uh, masked everywhere you go, that it's more of the pull that policy down, recommend it again. If you're a high risk individual, highly recommend the vac- uh, vaccination. Um, again, he was, that was more on the, the personal side I mean, he's still very much in favor of um, using masks. If you are in contact with people who are high risk, he definitely is a big proprietor of saying that, you know, get vaccinated so that way we don't have to use the masks, keep other people around you safe, keep yourself safe. Yeah, let's actually, uh, let's kind of transition to that, to the more personal kind of aspects of COVID that our narrators kind of talked about, saying about how Dietrich Ward is still very much a proponent of masking when you're someone who might be at risk of having COVID or is at a health risk. Uh, Chris Reinhardt, he, when I asked him about the Shippensburg High School 
removing masks from being required. He talked about how he thought it was too soon and he wishes that they kind of waited a little bit longer and kept wearing the masks. And he talked about personal uh, health reasons as to why he wishes they still wore masks and why he's still a little hesitant about maybe necessarily going fully in public and doing all kinds of things that he would have done without thinking before the pandemic. A big thing he talked about is he loves uh, movies and going to the movie theater. And because of the pandemic, he can't do that. He doesn't want to do that. So Eddie, what is, what were kind of some of Mitchell Patterson's views towards masking or his, any hesitations? Did he have any hesitations with taking the masks off and anything? No. So um, a big thing that he emphasized too was a uh, cooperation among the faculty. And so everyone kind of bought into the CDC guidelines. So he was on board with all the procedures that are needed and he shed some of his personal beliefs as well. And the big takeaway is that he really couldn't believe about how much of a political debate the coronavirus kind of turned into. He's seen, he's never seen anything like this in his own words. And um, he thinks that some things could have been handled better. For him personally, he's, his wife actually got COVID. And so his, um, his home was, she had to quarantine within the home. And it was pretty early on into the pandemic that she got COVID. And then so being home all that time with that changing work schedule, along with the rest of his family, that all kind of came really fast. And so he would have to employ a bunch of things to in order to kind of manage and cope with the newfound reality that he has. But like a big thing that he credits is being able to like spend time with his family as in like walking outside. He credits walks a lot. During that rough time, it, he actually bonded with his family very much so because one, you're kind of forced to just because of the close proximity. But two, it was nice because everyone was kind of sharing the same burden of the coronavirus uh, together. Did your guys' as narrators emphasize anything about their home life during COVID? So, yeah, Chris Reinhardt, he talked a lot actually about his time in uh, quarantine and lockdown, not quarantine, lockdown. He never he didn't get COVID. His his wife and his son got COVID, but him and his daughter never got it. So they kind of had a period where they had a split. But while they were in lockdown, he talked about how he had a ton of free time because he couldn't really give assignments. So he didn't have as much grading. He didn't have as much work to do in general being home. So he mentioned how him and his family found all kinds of new hobbies together. Uh, one that they actually would do a lot is because they live in Shippensburg. They would walk the, uh, the rail trail together. So they would get some exercise. They'd walk the rail trail. Uh, they would watch. They started watching movies together as a family to kind of, I guess, fill his love of movies, but being able to go to the theater. So yeah, they just kind of found all kinds of ways to spend time together and they got closer together as a family as well. Um, that was something that was really big with Dr. DW. And he said himself that it uh, the pandemic hit him really hard being stuck at home. Again, he's very much will say he's extroverted. He's he'll even say he's ADHD. So having, you know, constant stimulation and being around people really keeps him going and motivated. And that the pandemic really just kind of shot that in the foot. One of the big things he talked about again was finding alternate activities. Um finding new things to do, keep him entertained. Um, he said that he got to do a lot more biking. Um, he got big into comic books and like Marvel movies and was doing things just, you know, constantly keeping him going. Uh, said he even started doing things like meditating to really just keep himself kind of grounded and, you know, calm. Um, one of the other big things he said too is finding activities that 
didn't involve other people. He said at one point that he went and spent a short period of time around one of his good friends and he ended up having COVID and had given COVID to his friend. And so he was, you know, very much, again, he felt awful about it. And he said that's one of the big things of uh, why he was uh, in favor of masking and trying to find activities where he could uh, keep himself kind of occupied and do things with his wife and, you know, keep everybody kind of away from other people, if that makes sense, like keep himself distanced, but also close enough to where he could talk and, and do things with other people, but kind of far enough away where it's the, he's off on his own, he's doing his own thing, but is finding ways to get through the pandemic um, more more productively and less just sitting in the house and kind of not doing anything, being bored out of his mind. We've obviously kind of talked about some of the kind of positives that our narrators have experienced that they experienced through lockdown and because of the pandemic. Uh, Kenny, were there any kind of negatives or personal issues that Dr. Dietrich Ward kind of experienced being in lockdown? Obviously, you mentioned not being able to see people as an extrovert, but was there anything kind of deeper than that or a little bit more serious than that? that he? The main, the main thing is he said that he had no benefit no upside at all um with covid one of the big things he said was like the health of his wife um she has certain medical conditions um and so he said part of um his kind of forcing himself to stay away from people and be distanced was to try and, and help keep her healthy and uh, keep her from getting covid as she's a high risk individual and so that was one of one of the big downsides is that he not only had to keep in mind his health but again the health of people around him um you know his wife he had to make considerations for her every day and so that's one of the big things but in general again a lot of the mental health he said that that was one of the big things he struggled with so again trying to keep himself you know focused moving doing things but yeah that was one of the really big things he said there was no upside to it it was all just kind of one big depressive episode i don't know did either patterson or reinhardt face similar things or feel this you know similarly or maybe they had some upside for um, Mr. Patterson, he, I think a lot of like hope and a lot of optimism is what pushed him through along with like the camaraderie with um, his fellow faculty, as well as with his family. It was kind of a burden shoved upon everybody. So it was like, okay, well, what else are we going to do besides, you know, move forward? And so that positive mindset that he, uh, that he had kind of pushed him through this, um, this time. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Dr. Dietrich Ward kind of opening up a little bit about maybe some of the mental health that he struggles that he kind of dealt with during COVID because it's not an uncommon thing. It was reported that about like that there was like a 25% increase in depression and anxiety during the pandemic like globally. So this was a very real issue that Dr. Dietrich Ward faced. Um, students, parents, workers, everybody was dealing with this stuff. And I think it's really quite unique that we all managed to kind of experience the same thing and have very similar reactions to it, despite being so different around the world. Were there any other kind of like positive things that uh, Mitchell Patterson kind of experienced while living in lockdown? Was there anything else that was kind of, that he mentioned was like a good thing? The memories, the memories that he made with his family during that time. Yeah, and it, right. And it was the simple stuff, right? I mean, it mm -hmm. was, we weren't spending any money. We weren't going anywhere. But like you said, it, it was just the idea of just coming back together and spending time, quality time with each mm. other. So I and think I mean, that was probably the best takeaway for, for me and probably for all of us. Like the big thing, like going on walks, family game nights, this kind of uh, proximity with his family 
is something that's kind of a rarity and that's might not happen again, being that close all the time with, uh, with your family. So he treasured the, the memories that he built with his, um, with his family during the time. That's a, which is a good takeaway of COVID, which is a kind of a, it's a silver lining kind of thing. Yeah. So kind of looking to the future with our narrators, did they kind of mention having a hopeful, any kind of like hopeful future now that we're kind of transitioning, we're back in person. Most part we're, Getting back to normal, um, do they feel it's good? Do they feel it's rushed? Uh, Kenny, do you have anything to say on that? I don't know if I'd say there's this overwhelming sense of hope, but he definitely, or Dr. Dietrich Ward was definitely um, somewhat optimistic, but he also had his concerns and reservations. Um, a lot of that was around uh, like the, the political bleed over of COVID into, into politics, less so on, on the national level, more on, on the state level um, regarding some of the recent uh, candidates in state elections. But he that was one of those things where he said he'd have to wait and see how things kind of played out. But definitely uh, things like political bleed over, but the the optimism that hopefully is COVID is slowly waning off, that we kind of were able to pull ourselves out of it and, and get as close back to normal as we possibly can. So I wouldn't say overly optimistic, but definitely hopeful. Yeah, I know Mr. Reinhardt, he kind of, he didn't really touch on kind of how he felt about the future of COVID, whether he was hopeful that it would go away or being optimistic. He just talked about how he was kind of nervous, not necessarily for himself. He has a close friend whose kid is immunocompromised. So he's very, uh, he's always very nervous about that person. But he had mentioned professionally how despite the struggles that he dealt with, with transitioning to online and not being able to really feel like he was properly preparing his students, he mentioned how there was actually a really good thing that came out of it. And that was his students made a, they made like a bunch of quizlets and they made like this whole website to basically aid anybody taking his class in the future to kind of make uh, studyings easier to kind of help them with maybe reading the textbook, whatever it may be, they made like a whole guide to help make the class easier because it helped them while they were online. So he mentioned how he's going to keep using that and he's not, he's going to implement that in the future and highly recommend his students look at it. So he kind of mentioned how like this was like one of the few silver linings that he kind of had professionally with uh, the lockdown. Well, I wanted to say thank you to our listeners for tuning into the podcast today. I'm Justin Brown. With me is uh, Eddie Cannon and Kenneth Crown. And we would also like to thank our narrators, Christopher Reinhardt, Mitchell Patterson, and Dr. Dietrich Ward for taking the time to sit down and interview with us. And we would also like to thank Dr. John Bloom for putting this entire project and oral history project together.